Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is June 5th, 2022. How the heck are you? Um, it's a Sunday. Um, let's see, I got a food corner update. I went to Eastgate Mall to um, do some content um, with some friends. It was a good time. Uh, hopefully I'll have... Um, like a link to it soon in the upcoming weeks when it all gets edited and put up and everything. But um, food at Eastgate Mall, there's not much. Um, even less, you know, post COVID, um, there are like I think three or four little food places open in the food court. There is a pizza place, uh, kind of like Sabaro style. Um, there is a China experience, I believe is the name of it, kind of like your typical mall Chinese food. And then last, but certainly not the least, uh, I believe it's pronounced Yihai Japan, Yihai Japan. Um, and they make, in my opinion, the best chicken teriyaki. Um, now granted, this is like a, a little spot that I've seen in other places, like just not around here. It's the only place I know, um, for me, Eastgate's a little bit far out, but it's like, hey, I'm already going up here to do this. Um, how perfect. And, um, man, it did not disappoint. It was very nostalgic. Felt very good. I don't think I've, I don't think I've eaten that. Gosh, probably about like a year or two, maybe more. Yeah, probably more. Wild. Um, oh, also too, uh, since we're in the meat corner anyway, um, I totally have one of those like, old man like moments where you like freak out um so i'm unfamiliar really with eastgate malls it's already like tweaked up a little bit so i I got a little lost so that's already an old man situation i'm like where am i um but then um i go back out of the parking lot because i needed to like move my car um to the other side of the mall and um i come out and i'm looking for my car i'm like where's my car where's my car? And like two, three minutes go by. And at this point I'm like, I am not high. Like I am not like under the influence of anything at this point. Like I'm, I'm sober. What has happened? Like, where's my vehicle? I'm going crazy. And, um, I literally call my friend and I'm like freaking out. And then I realize, oh, Isaiah, you just went out the other end of the same entrance. I guess like there's a food court entrance and it, it pans out like two ways. And I've always gone in from like my flashback memory that way I came out and my car wasn't there because I parked on the other end. And I was like, what? And I, I guess I just couldn't see my car. I don't know. It was bad. It was bad. I was very embarrassed. I realized this like on the phone and I'm like, okay, it's okay. Stop flop sweating. You're all right. <laughs> So that was my Saturday. It was a good time, though. I really did have a great time. Um, and um, but yeah, we can talk about some news now. I got some news for ya. Um, got this from the NPR. Starbucks Union says the coffee giant is closing a store to retaliate. Um, so this is about a Starbucks store in Ithaca, New York. Um, let's see. The unionizers are the the Starbucks like voted for a union, voted to unionize. 
Um, and um, it kind of feels like, even though they didn't say it, that they more or less um, closed down the store for that reason. Like, now granted, I mean, they have a spokesperson in this article kind of like throwing a little bit of a defense, but um, let's see, yeah. Uh, a Starbucks spokesperson told Bloomberg that the closure was based on facilities, staffing, and time and attendance issues. I hate this bullshit. I'm sorry. Like, even, even like, saying it out loud, like, to me, like, if you've ever worked in a retail uh, situation, that's every place. And I can't imagine even more so right now. Like, of course you're going to have staffing and attendance issues. Those are fixable issues. Um, excuse me. Maybe not. Okay, well, I thought that was going to be part two of that burp. Um, but, um, like, you, that I just call bullshit. Like, <laughs> I think it's really fucked up. Because it's one of those things where these are people's lives. You know, there's a reason that they wanted to unionize. Um, I also believe that they held a strike as well. Like, I think in April. Yeah, they did. Um, um, it says, workers at the College Ave uh, location previously went on a one-day strike in April for what the union says were unsafe working conditions, uh, a waste emergency caused by an overflowing grease trap. Um, Starbucks later cited the grease trap as a reason for shuttering the location, according to the union. So they literally used the reasons that this was not a good workplace and reasons why it's like, hey, a union would help us fix this. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. We can fix this for you, fam. And they just closed the store. That's bullshit. It's bullshit to me. Um, I think they're really doing this shit, like, just live and in public because they really know that, like, overall people are going to, quote, unquote, not care. Um, I also think they kind of know that fighting this union fight is a losing battle. I, I think, I, I mean, I hear more and more every day that there are people talking about unionizing or unionizing. Um, I mean, also, too, it, it does kind of make me think, like, you know, just over time because I, I remember – you know, obviously Starbucks had the big bloom. They blossomed. They were everywhere. It was like McDonald's. Like, you just couldn't go down the street without seeing one. And, you know, then next thing you know, they were kind of shriveling up. And, I mean, they kind of caused they, – they cited the issue as like, well, you know, we kind of, you know, grew a little bit too big. And now we kind of hit a little bit of a plateau. So we had to cut cut a little bit. Um, trim fat, if you will. And, I mean, I hate that because these are people's lives these are people who work at these stores. Um, you know, you're telling them, hey, sorry, you know, we're shutting it down. But it now makes me think, too, now that I'm older, looking at these kind of situations, I wonder, too, if there is any kind of validity to the idea that maybe these people were trying to, like, maybe make things happen. And even if the, even the slightest whiff or crumb of that, something happened. I mean, granted, that's a little bit of, that's a lot of speculation for me. I don't have an article to cite that, but I don't know. Shit is fucky. I don't like it. Um, I'm gonna keep talking about it. Um... Shit, I, I'm not going to lie, though. I did bump a story about, what is it, the Corinthians College situation. Um, pretty much, Biden, he um, absolved the debt. And it's like, okay, cool. That's a fun way to word it. But essentially, this Corinthians College was like a bogus fraud scheme. <laughs> and um, I don't know, that, that was a whole fucked up thing. I might try to cover that in some, like, leftovers or post it somewhere. But, I mean, I don't know. That's a whole mess. And, you know, of course, Biden's trying to take that as a dub. But I don't really call it a dub. Um, I'd say that's just tying up a loose end from, like, a fucking fake college fraud. But, anyway, we can move on from both those things. Um, I got the next article from Reuters. 
um, Hinckley, who shot Reagan in 1981, granted full freedom. Um, now, we covered him a little bit in a previous podcast episode. Um, and just in general, from just the now and then stuff, you know, I don't know. We like talking about this kind of thing. Um, and I know, I know, I'd be talking shit because at the end of the day, like, Reagan getting shot does not bum me out. I'm just not going to lie. I mean, yeah, three others got shot, and that's fucked up. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I am, I mean, no one was murdered, so that's good. Um, also, you can tell just from the situation with Hinckley that he had some mental issues, mental health issues. Um, you know, he, the, his motivations for doing this wasn't even so much, I think, that he hated Reagan, but he wanted to, like, impress Jodie Foster, who at the time was, like, very young. Um, I don't know, it was really uncomfortable, really, I, mean, I hate to say what the kids are saying, but cringe. Um, but, uh, that being said, um, uh, a federal judge on when on Wednesday granted John Hinckley, the man who shot and wounded President Ronald Reagan and three others in a 1981 assassination attempt, unconditional release from the remaining restrictions he faced, um, U.S. media reported. So, that's good. I mean, I like to think it's good. At this point, you know, what is he up to today? I mean, last time I checked, he has, like, YouTubes where he's, like, playing songs and stuff like that. Um, I know, what is it? Ronald Reagan's, like, daughter is kind of a little bit big mad, she says in the article, Patty Davis. Um, She wrote in an opinion piece in the Washington Post that she opposed Hinckley's release, saying that he did not believe... Uh, saying that she did not believe he feel he feels remorse. Um, I mean, okay. Uh, I think that's kind of more of a personal. I mean, hence why it's opinion, but it's like that's a that's your thing. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, he did go through a set of you know rehabilitation. Um, he was found gu- not guilty uh, by reason of insanity in 1982, but you know he's been through treatment stuff like that. Um, so I mean, yeah interesting story one to kind of i guess update it but um just talk about it it is kind of one of those things that's in our orbital um also another update uh got this from yahoo news uh associated press uh family devastated after texas escapee kills man grandsons um so this is an update on gonzalo lopez um he is the prisoner who was an escapee uh, in texas he was able to like break free of his restraints or get free enough of them to like stab uh a um corrections officer he tried to get the gun gun didn't go off like he couldn't unholster it um tried to take the truck get out of there they shot tires crazy shit he got away though um it seems that uh, the fallout of that was, um, he was able to get to a ranch where he killed a man and his four grandsons. Then he stole an AR-15 style, uh, rifle and a pistol from the ranch. And this was in Centerville. Um, and he also got the truck. So he was able to take all that and, you know, he went out, like, you know, drove off, um, then they proceeded to, um, you know, attempt to apprehend him. They got spike strips out on the road. They were effective. Um, he got out, tried to have a shootout with them, and um, he died in the process. 
Um, also in this article, they do kind of go through a little bit more of his history in terms of like with the drug cartel and some of his other victims. Um, he kidnapped a man by the name of Lupe Ramirez, a person who owed the cartel like $40,000. Um, I believe there's also something where he like, uh, he would, yeah, for the way he got arrested initially, um, Let's say it says Lopez said he had been on his way to Laredo to kill a restaurant and bar owner for the Malino Malino drug cartel from Nuevo Laredo, Mexico in 2004 when he became embroiled in a shootout with deputies who tried to stop his vehicle. Um, Then it says Lopez escaped with the help of the Mexican mafia. Um, Then there was a situation with Ramirez we just talked about. so, I mean, this was a, a hardened dude. Um, it's sad that it, you know, got to the, you know, that with his escape that more people died. Um, it's really fucking sad. Um, you know, definitely, I, I, I expected to get an ending where he was apprehended or, you know, shot, killed in the process. I did not expect that it was going to take that kind of turn. Um so yeah, definitely sad, and, and especially just all the gun violence and stuff too. Um, you know, I definitely don't want to like try to politicize a situation where you say, "Oh, well, you know, hey, I mean, this is a family that was, you know, the good guys with guns. Why didn't they stop it?" But at the end of the day, that's kind of the, the concern and the worry and the thing that always sucks is you can be the good guy and have the gun, but at the end of the day, if some hardened criminal or if someone comes in with true intention. That is always going to catch you off guard. I'm sorry. It's just, this isn't a John claude Van Damme movie. You're just not that guy, pal. I'm sorry. And every time this kind of shit happens. And you see this guy then was armed with deadly weapons now. And he knows how to fucking use them. And, you know, there's even more of a threat to the police. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, shit fucking sucks. It's a mess. Um, let's see. Uh, it, Mark Collins, who is 66, uh, Wayne Collins, who's 18, Carson Collins, 16, Hudson Collins, 11, uh, Bryson Collins, uh, who is also 11. Um, let's see. Okay, yeah, like one was a cousin. Yeah, Bryson was her cousin. Um, so yeah, I mean, sad shit. Um... I don't know. Can't really sugarcoat it. I don't know what else to really say about it. Um, we can move on to the next thing. Got us from the AP News. Uh, McCormick concedes to Oz in Pennsylvania GOP Senate primary. Now, I normally don't cover every one of these. I just kind of cover the ones that are either like kind of local, so they kind of matter to me. Uh, also, maybe ones that I just consider were big. Um, this is big because it's Oz, uh, Dr. Oz. Um, I believe the first time I remember hearing about him, he was one of the people who like, kind of like Dr. Phil got like an Oprah bump, if I'm not mistaken. Um, kind of used that, uh, clout push and, you know, had his own show, Dr. Oz. Um, he pushed a lot of, in my opinion, schlock. Like, I mean, it was like alternative science and like, different kind of dieting and stuff like that. Um, I often uh, joke with one of my friends, because um, we both picked up this joke from another podcast, where it's like, hey, you know, Dr. Oz says you don't need breakfast. <laughs> like, like, and don't get me 
wrong. I have a problem not eating breakfast. But that's because I kind of like to starve myself, eat one meal a day, and then, like, uh, you know, call it. But I'm a fat piece of shit. So, like, don't take all the advice from me. <laughs> um, let's see. Dr. Oz, he is a cardias, uh, cardiovascular surgeon, I believe. Um, you know, I'm doing all the research here at Isaiah's newsstand. Um, but he made a move into politics. And, you know, speaking of a little bit of a clout bump, um, he got the Trump bump. And that is more or less what propelled him to victory here. Um, I was surprised to hear that he was Republican, but then again, I think that these kind of people just make the kind of moves that they make because it makes sense. Like, Donald Trump could have, I mean, he literally said that in an interview. Like, you know, like, I would run with the Republicans because they're just easy to dupe the people. I think Dr. Oz is on a similar path, and he got the the bump he needed. I mean, literally, Trump was like, I think was on his show at one point, and he says, hey, you know, my wife loves you. She watches your show all the time. And more or less, that's really what led for him picking him in Pennsylvania. Once again, how we've kind of talked about how, like, Trump is really trying to be strategic and flip places where he lost the vote. And that's important for him. Um, once again, my big speculation, I don't really feel like it's that big. I think he's going to run again. I don't understand why people are like, no, no shot, man. No, you crazy, dog. No, why why would he do that? Because, like, why not? Like, it's for the glory for him. Plus, it's an easy money move no matter what. It's still a great advertisement when you're the president of the goddamn United States. Like, it's wild to me. It's wild to me that these people still, like, reference him. I, I, and I... I don't know, like, because to me, I I liked Obama, I liked Obama, it was cool, I don't go my whole life, though, like, trying to rewind time to make that moment happen again, (laughs) like, it's weird, it's it's awkward, um, but he lost to hedge fund, or, no, he won against hedge fund, uh, CEO David McCormick, uh, I don't know much about him, (laughs) I'm not too hip, uh, at the end of the day, though, I mean, these are two Republicans, um, you know, fighting for their, you know, nomination seat or whatever. But now they're going to go up against the or now Oz is going up against uh, Fetterman, uh, John Fetterman, I believe. Um, he won uh, kind of a little bit of touch and go, though, because he had had a stroke like right before. Um and, you know, apparently, like, he was not taking medicine and stuff like that. Like, he knew that, you know, he had high risk, uh, but didn't want to take blood thinners. I mean, hey, I get it. Um, but, um, you know, hopefully Fetterman is the one who wins. Uh, I would hate to see uh, any kind of Trump fruition come to full bear. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, I'll keep you posted, I guess. Maybe, maybe not. I, well, when the primary comes, you know. Or when the, you know, actual, um, what is it? Senate shit comes. I'll, I'll talk, probably talk about it then. How about that? How about that? Um, and next, uh, I knew, I, hey, promises made, promises kept. Uh, we're gonna finish up this Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial shit right here, right now. So uh, I'm gonna take a little quick break. <laughs> and we're gonna get into it. I'm gonna give my final closing statement, if you will. Dun dun.
Dung Dung, and we're back. Um, also, not gonna lie to you, I did be drinking some Starbucks coffee. Um, I will say this is an odd little tangent. I'm gonna go on. Um, I don't like it black, but like I said before, my creamer's kind of bleh, and even the butter thing, like it'll work sometimes. So I'll, sometimes I will do the black coffee, but I always feel like I'm being edgy when I do that. Um, obviously though, black coffee's fine. If you're a black coffee drinker, hell yeah. Um, but I just remember being as a kid, like, yeah, I drink my coffee black. That I tried that and I was like, I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm not going that deep here. I like creamer. <laughs> um, give me some milk. Um, but yeah. <coughs> Let's see. Um, I got this one. I can't remember. I can't remember. This, is it NBC? NBC? <laughs> the one with the peacock. Um, Johnny Depp uh, wins defamation suit against Amber Heard. Um, so that's the conclusion, folks. Moving on. No. Um, but, you know, he won um, the defamation case. He did not win the $50 million. Um, his grand total for win for the win was 15 though. So it was, um, let's see, it does have the breakdown here. Yeah. 10 million, it says the jury awarded Depp 10 million in compensatory damages and 5 million in punitive damages in his defamation suit. Now there is a caveat to that. Uh, Fairfax County Circuit Court Judge Penny as a carty, uh, reduced the punitive damages the jury awarded to Depp to three thousand five hundred or three hundred three hundred fifty thousand. Sorry, I can use numbers. Um, three hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is the state's statutory cap or legal limit, making his total damages ten point four million dollars. So. He came in asking for $50 million in uh, defamation and got 10.4 mil. Um, Amber Heard was awarded $2 million, um, but it was um, more or less against the lawyer, but Johnny Depp has to pay it. Like it was Depp's lawyer who, um, let's see. Uh, well, it was Depp, Depp's former attorney, Adam Wallman, who in 2020 to the Daily Mail said uh, he described Amber Heard's allegations of abuse as a hoax. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how that pans out. When I immediately heard that, I was kind of thinking, so like what? Does that just mean then that Amber Heard owes $8.4 million to him? Or does it really mean that like Johnny Depp has to pay up the two million and then they, they actually like have to actually exchange the money i was kind of curious about that i didn't figure that out um but yeah i mean that is the outcome as opposed to what is the fallout or aftermath to this you know that kind of remains to be seen i know people have been very polarized on the internet um on the day of i saw a lot of uh hashtag megapite for johnny uh hashtag um gosh justice for johnny that was a that was a prevailing one um i mean it was it was moving around people were stoked people were happy um it was kind of weird <laughs> like because i've said it before i'll say it again if you picked a side on this 
I don't think you came into the situation correctly. It is understandable, though. Like, I get it. Like, I found myself getting pulled one way to another way. I still feel it. I still feel like, hey, Johnny Depp's team did a very great job of showing me Johnny Depp's narrative as opposed to what Amber Heard's legal team did. Um, Also, I think the evidence that was presented doesn't put Amber Heard in a good light. It doesn't make it seem like she is telling the truth. And I think that that is how the jury took it. Um, Also, there is a bit of celebrity here, I think, at play. I do think at the same time, it is still wild that Johnny Depp won money, that he won the verdict, because it is hard as hell to prove defamation. Um, It was one of those things where it was like, I, I... like had to go to a lawyer friend that I know like that's crazy right like this wasn't like a common thing right uh because it's not you know it's even harder to prove it here and he lost in the UK so you know I mean it is what it is I know a lot of people are kind of concerned um let's see I mean there was quotes too if I can find them in this article um let's see one from Depp um and now Depp wasn't at the trial he was like already like out and about like he was already traveling um Amber Heard was there um but let's see let's see in a statement on Wednesday uh speaking the truth was something that I owed to my children and to all those who have remained steadfast in their support of me I feel at peace knowing I have finally accomplished that um the jury gave me my life back I'm truly humbled um let's see let's see and then i have um response from herd um statement on wednesday uh the disappointment i feel today is beyond words i'm heartbroken that the mountain of evidence was still not enough to stand up to the disproportionate power influence and sway of my ex-husband i'm even more disappointed with what this verdict means for the other women she said it is a setback it setbacks the clock to a time when a woman who spoke up and spoke out could be publicly shamed and humiliated. It sets back the idea that violence against women is to be taken seriously. Um, I do kind of disagree with her on that, but, you know, I obviously understand that that is a concern for people. I've seen that amongst my friends and people on the internet. Um, you just don't want to see the set of president that you shouldn't come out to speak because potentially now your words can be held up against you. And literally money can be used against you as a weapon to just bankrupt your whole life. Um, thus threatening you out of talking about it, testifying. Um, I do think, though, that like this being like not a criminal thing, I do feel like that's less of a sting in the actual legal way. Um, it's just a big wow. You know, like I said, even the, the lawyer friend that I know talked about it. They were surprised it happened. Um, but I still think that like the Me Too movement is still a very real thing. Um, I know some people on the other side are saying, hey, this is a win for men's rights. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think just in terms of like being able to talk about it, I guess for sure it gives you the platform. Um, but let's not forget how much money Johnny Depp had to spend. I think I read in like a Newsweek article or something like that. Uh, maintaining his legal team alone, I think it was like 5.5 mil. Like, 
like <laughs> as wild um so yeah he made a little bit of money quote unquote on this but it's like probably all getting ate up i'm sure and that i didn't even count and look up for how much it spent he had spent on the legal shit for the uk so i mean he's been fighting this shit for a lot and had a lot of money to do it um once again this i'm not saying this though to discourage any man who's going through that kind of situation to not speak i'm just saying that like you are not him and to the people out there who relate to amber Heard's story you are not her like it's something that you always have to remember and i understand that this is something that affects you it touches chords in you but this these are two celebrities having their spat live on youtube the only difference is it's coming off of like what law and crime entertainment or whatever that's called, whatever the, the YouTube site was. Um, and you know, other streamers are talking about it and my dumbass is talking about it. Um, I mean, I, I think it is going to move on with time. Also, I also get too that this was kind of like a weird kind of candy treat. Like you didn't have to talk about Ukraine. You didn't have to talk about soaring gas prices, which, I mean, gosh, like almost four ninety nine at some places around here. I'm dying. But, you know, it, it does the escapism thing. You get to look at these celebrities' lives. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's an alluring thing. Um, but by all means, if it bugs you, you got to just get away from it. Just click it off. Close the tab. Get out of there. Um, you know, sometimes it's not worth engaging in the ick. Um, but, um, we're going to wrap up here. We're going to get to our final things. Um, got this from NPR. It's an update on the baby formula. Um, Abbott's baby formula plant is reopening, is reopening in a step that could soon ease the shortage. So that's good news. Um, this is the plant in Sturgis, Michigan. Um, they had a, you know, bacterial contamination in february that you know leveled the plant they had to just shut it down really get things in order but it looks like they are um and they are on track um now the specialty formula that is initially going to get to people uh i think around yeah it says about june 20th it's called elicare um but essentially this is like once again kind of like what i was talking about with the first shipment that came um, from Germany, um, it is a hypoallergenic thing. So it's for infants with allergies to cow milk, um, which is still great. I mean, obviously they need it. And I imagine too, that there's still more formula coming and hopefully, you know, shelves are being stocked. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is crazy that this happened. I mean, with as big and regulated as this is, you would think this wouldn't. But, you know, getting into the crevices and the and the, the stuff, I, I can't explain it because I'm just not smart enough to. But it definitely is one of those things where it's like you can see where capitalism really got in the way here. Um, it shouldn't be that there's like two or there's like two big, you know, manufacturer retailers of this stuff. And, you know, then two, you're not even doing like thorough actual inspections checks on a virus like this when you know it's an issue it's been documented as such um and then this happens and then yeah you can blame the supply chain for sure but once again this is all set up by you guys and it's all set up with like oh well you know nothing should happen but what if it does we'll cross that bridge when we come to it question mark like well here we are um and now we gotta you know 
put in emergency bill laws or whatever and get this shit shipped over from Germany and we look ridiculous. This shouldn't happen. Um, but I did just want to talk about this and update, like I said. But also there's some silver lining here. I do try to tell you guys I bring some good news. Um, and this is a local thing. Um, it is something I found via my friend who was the person doing this. So this is like a shout out. But um, also, it didn't make the news, so it was really fucking cool. Um, and it's uh, my friend Samantha Smith, but she made the news in the Kentucky Daily for, I'll just read the title, uh, Corbin Mom Starts a Facebook Group to Help Parents Find Baby Formula. Um, so she's a mom with twin boys. Um, you know, she's you know raising another girl as well. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, she's a busy mom. Um She's at it, but she made it happen. So she was already driving around just like every mom in this kind of situation, looking for formula, freaking out. But she used that energy, focused and pushed to get it to not just, you know, for her babies, but for other moms who needed it and their babies. Um, let's see. Got a quote here um, from the article. Um, I was going everywhere for two months, every day checking shelves and checking multiple stores, and it got really depressing. I started seeing other people posting formula pictures on Facebook, so I thought it would be a good idea to share that information in one group, in one place. Um, and so she came up with a solution, uh, and she made the, that said, uh, the Facebook group called uh, Tri-County Formula Findings. Uh, originally for her friends to help them find in-stock formulas. Um, still almost overnight. Um, it reached members as far as Leslie County, Clay County, ooh, sorry, bleh, Clay County, Johnson County, and even a mom from Louisiana who received the formula her baby needed. Um, and here's another quote. Uh, Today I helped my 75th parent who needed formula. I never intended to be a one-woman one delivery service. It's hard work. But outside of my kids, this is one of the top-tier accomplishments of my life. Now, I remember this reading that, and that's the article piece, like, link that I saw. And I was so touched. Um, I knew that she had been going through it and making this happen. It was really cool to see. Um, she's working harder than the government. I'm sorry. She's working harder than Joe Byron. I'm going to fucking say it. So I wanted to give flowers to her, give a shout-out to her. Um, shit, uh, thank you guys for listening, um, man, um, let's see, I got a Patreon, it's time for me to shill, it's time for me to be a filthy motherfucker, um, patreon.com, so I say Zaya News, um, any dollar helps, you're helping me out, either putting food in my mouth, making this feel like, you know, I'm actually getting somewhere, um, upgrading my technology. I got a crashy little computer. I'm trying to be a one take Drake out here. No, I'm a one take Tony. I'm a one take Tony. Um, but sometimes I got to be a three take Tony because my computer crashes. But donations would help fix that. Um, also, little skin in the game for you. Five dollars gets you um a Discord access. Also gets you a shout out on the podcast every month. We'll talk about whatever you want. I'll say your name. Like the best, the beautiful Stephanie Renee. Um, her donations have helped me out a ton. Um, and I'm glad that she enjoys the content that really does like bring a tear to my my heart and soul and eyeballs. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, you could have that emotional effect on me if you wanted. Just think about it, you know? Um, but either way, thank you for listening. I really can't stress that enough um, to hear people tell me that they listen to this, to know when I see my little analytics that there are people all around the world listening somehow, some way. It trips me out. It freaks me out. But I love it. And um, you guys are great. Um, you guys have an amazing week. I will hopefully see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Goodbye. Mwah.